What's going on, everybody? This is JVB, and you're listening to a new episode of the Postgame Report. So, I got back from a trip to Spain, and a few things happened as I was gone. Of course, I kept up to date because my Twitter feed and my YouTube subscriptions, they were blowing up with this information. So the biggest one is that the CMA blocked Microsoft from purchasing uh, Activision and Blizzard. Now, it's one of the regulators or, you know, the organizations. There's only one of the three or four big organizations that monitor these type of types of acquisitions so that, for example, if Apple wanted to buy Samsung, then, you know, Huawei and stuff, companies like that that make mobile phones, Sony, they make a mobile phone as well. They would come in and say, look, this is a monopoly. Apple's going to own two of the biggest phone manufacturers in the world. So the CMA came out and said, no. And you know what? You're going to have to wait before you do your appeal. And under normal circumstances, I wouldn't care. I do buy Call of Duty and play for about a month or so, and then I always forget that I own it. So for me, it's not a big deal. I don't own an Xbox Series. I don't care to own one right now. But for the fact that I've been podcasting since 2005, I've been always on top of the gaming industry since 2005, Actually, I was writing before I even started podcasting. So like 2003, I I used to write for websites and previews, reviews, stuff like that. So it's been about 20 years since I've been involved uh, in the industry somehow, some way, somehow, covering the video game, uh, all of the video game news. And then, you know, here I am. Uh, at 51 years old. And I don't really care about this Activision Blizzard uh, uh, circus that's going on right now, you know, this clown show. But it's a big deal to Microsoft. And, and once again, not to throw it in anyone's face or not to come off as, you know, I'm showing off, but I do own shares of Microsoft. So if they were to make this purchase, it would benefit my shares. It would benefit me as someone who owns a portion of Microsoft stock. But I can separate the business aspect from the the seven-year-old kid who first started playing Asteroids in a local bodega in the Bronx and has been adamant about video games ever since. And here I am at 51 years old. I am still heavily into gaming. It is my oldest hobby. It is one that I've been involved in for a long-ass time. And so 
when I say that I can separate the business aspect from the, the, the fanboy, because I am a video game fanboy, whether it's an Xbox, whether it's PlayStation, Nintendo. I grew up in the arcade era. I grew up when there was the crash of 83. I experienced that. A lot of people can Google that stuff and find out why there was a crash of 83. They never lived it. They never lived the arcade. I'm one of those lucky individuals who was able to experience the greatness of the arcade era. So I go way back with video games. And when I say that it really doesn't affect me in one bit, whether Microsoft buys Activision Blizzard as that seven-year-old, that kid who discovered video games at seven, it doesn't bother me. As someone who owns shares of Microsoft, it doesn't bother me either. Because when this news came out that there was a blockage, and I'm acting like it's a freaking, uh, you know, like a blood vessel blockage. But when the, the news came out that the CMA blocked the, the, the acquisition or, or didn't give their approval, the stock price went up. It went up to over $300. Now, the stock price, I say it's sitting at about $307, maybe $308. There was a day where it was about, two, uh, what was it, $312 or something crazy. So the stock price has increased the moment the CMA said, nope. So that is where I keep my attention. Because that's going to benefit me outside of all this video game stuff. To other people, this is a big deal. Like, whether you're, you know, there are people who are so invested in this acquisition, whether they are Xbox people or PlayStation people. They are following it too much. They are constantly tweeting about it. Now, of course, there's a group of us who just enjoy making fun of the, the, the fanatics who were making videos laughing that Call of Duty will no longer be available on PlayStation. They were saying, you know, PlayStation is doomed and that Xbox is back and blah, blah, blah. A lot of talk. And these people don't learn. They don't learn when to shut the fuck up, let things play out before they open their mouths and look stupid. And that's what's happening with Xbox as a whole. You even see their executives. You saw Phil Spencer in an interview. Very disappointed with what happened to Redfall. And I'll get to that in a second. So this, this circus act, and I call it a circus act because it has been entertaining. This ordeal, well not ordeal, but this whole situation with Microsoft, specifically Xbox, and Activision Blizzard, it has been the most entertaining thing to happen in a few months, it really has, especially in video games, um, with the exception of PlayStation, where they've had PlayStation VR 2, Horizon Forbidden West, uh, Burning Shores, PlayStation enthusiasts and owners... They've had a lot to play. On the Xbox side, 
They had Hi-Fi Rush, which, you know, came and went. It was thrown into Game Pass. It was announced. It was a shadow drop. It came and went. And then the big thing was, oh, wait for Redfall. Wait for Redfall. That's the game that's going to bring Xbox. It's going to bring them to the right direction. Point them to the right direction. It's the first next-gen, quote-unquote, next-generation-only title. And it's going to showcase the power of the Xbox series. I say series because there's an S and there's an X. <laughs> well, even before there was this big preview event where a bunch of people from the media who cover video games went to preview Redfall, even before that, the game didn't look that good. But a lot of us who are veterans of the video game culture, we understand that there's a point where most games are going to look pretty suspect. You give it time and you'll see that after the development team does all of the final touches and they work on, you know, the shiny stuff, that the game looks better when it releases. Sometimes... You know, there's an alpha alpha build and this beta build. If you see an alpha build, you are seeing the bare bones, ugly ass graphics. They're pay, they're paying more attention to the gameplay portion, the world building part, right? And then you little by little you start throwing in the layers. Is no different than building building an elevator. When you build an elevator, you have a template. You're doing your measurements. You drop a freaking line down the elevator shaft so that your, you know, your, your rails are lined up straight, blah, blah, blah. And when you see the final product, obviously, you don't see any of that. You just see the elevator running up and down. Anyway, I think I got my point across. So... Looking at Redfall, I was like, this game does not look polished. It doesn't look good. So then this big preview event comes out. And the usual suspects come out. And they're like, oh, man, this thing was fun. It was great. It's great for Game Pass. I can't wait to play it. I mean, there's this guy, uh, dealer, who I saw somebody credit you know like breaking down everything he said it was on somebody else's video and the dude was like reading a script it was like he was a pr representative reading this freaking uh like puff piece <laughs> of how awesome it was to uh, stab a vampire with a stake i mean the dude was like literally he sounded like a damn commercial. And that's when I knew, all right, I can't trust this fucking guy. You know, where's the critique? Because what, he, what, what IGN was showing did not look anything like the guy was saying. But, I'll, you know, in the back of my head, I said, well, he was there. He was previewing it, previewing it. 
maybe it is going to look better than that than that IGN video that they previewed. Uh, the video was from their preview, their gameplay. <laughs> and lo and behold, the game looks like shit. It has reviewed poorly. It's like in the 50s or something like that. It has been a complete joke. All this bravado that, that these Xbox enthusiasts, and, and when I say enthusiasts, I really mean people that concentrate on creating content around Xbox. And I'm talking about YouTubers, people that go into these Twitter spaces, uh, even people who tweet nonstop, like that idiot Tim Dog who will tweet uh, like 200 tweets a day about Xbox, positive Xbox stuff, and anti-PlayStation stuff. And those are the people that I'm talking about. The people who will say how awesome this game is, and I'm talking about Redfall, and then when the game comes out, it's complete trash, and they're fucking silent. So now all of a sudden, there are some of these guys pretending to be upset at Xbox, pretending to be concerned. Meanwhile, when I was doing it, when I was a big Xbox dude, I could have I, I could have been thrown into the, the the enthusiast that I'm talking about. I was that guy who was always praising Xbox. Now I didn't do it falsely. I never did it falsely. I never lied to my audience and say, "Oh my God, this this game is amazing," and then the game comes out and is garbage, like they did with Cyberpunk, like they did with freaking Redfall. Oh. Let me not forget Halo Infinite. I would have never, back when I was a super Xbox dude, I would have never lied. Because it comes back. It comes back and people will question you. And I'd rather that people not like the fact that I'm criticizing a certain game or a certain console. I'd rather people be upset with that than them being upset with me because I was throwing a bunch of hot air in their face and hyping something up that was a complete failure. And that's what happened. People said, oh my God, you're, you know, you hate Xbox so much. What happened? Well, it was it's tough love, basically. I saw a direction I saw a future where Xbox wasn't doing good and I was trying to make people aware of that before it fucking happened and here we are. Here we are. In 2009, when I was speaking up and I said, you know what? This shit would connect. The way they're treating the freaking brand right now, the direction they're going, I'm not liking it. People were telling me, ah, chill, chill. You sound like a PlayStation fanboy. What's going on? But no, I was speaking up. I was trying to protect the freaking brand that at the time I put a lot of fucking money into. I took away time from my family and dedicated so much time to the Xbox brand and the community. So I had every fucking right 
to express my worries. And so when people tell me now that I'm 51 and I've been podcasting since 2005, covering video games and stuff, when people tell me, why are you still, you know, criticizing this? Why are you saying this? Why are you saying that? It's because I can. And when I say it, I say it for a reason. Now, there was a little incident. I'm not going to name names because I said I wouldn't anymore. But I talked about, you know, some of these influencers. I blamed them for the demise and the downfall of Xbox because these individuals have the attention of all the other fanatics. They have the attention of the executives. You see them in pictures. You see them going to events and shit. I used to be like that. I was, I was that guy that had the attention. I'd call up people who worked at Xbox and have a fucking regular conversation. Or I could ask them for favors. I could tell them, hey, I'm throwing a video game. You know, I'm doing a, a contest. Do you have anything that you can send me to give away? Or here's something else I used to do. There was an asshole was trying to, for example, get their name on the community dashboard or something. And I would just call a certain somebody and be like, look, this individual did this, this, this. I don't know if this is the kind of person you want to be highlighting on the Xbox dashboard. And I've gotten people taken off. So it's safe to say that I had some pull. I did. As a matter of fact, if I want it, there are still people I can call. Not in Xbox, but in the industry. But I've never been that way. I've always protected my sources. I never gave away information that wasn't supposed to be talked about. And for that, I was trusted. So there was an incident where I called a bunch of dudes out. And I said, you know, it's because of these people. And they have the eyes and the ears of other popular content creators. How the fuck they got popular is beyond me. Um, There's only a few that have earned it and deserve the popularity that deserve to be where they're at right now. Um, But there are others who have just simply made their channel centered around lying and misinformation and it's a formula that's been working for a lot of people i don't do it because that's not who i am i don't follow trends even in photography as soon as i start seeing a trend in photography i get away from it and i freaking run away from it so so back to this thing and the reason why I called them out is because they can make an example of, 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 of how to be better, how to be, how to be honest, how to be critical of a brand that you like, but still support the brand and tell people, hey, listen, you don't have to freaking lie about a game like Redfall 
you can critique it in a way that is helpful to the brand, to the studio, and most importantly, to the people watching or listening to your content. Because the moment you get an, an asshole like dealer putting out this video, how amazing he said, amazing. I think he said great, like 10 times or some shit. The guy that I was watching the video, he counted how many times this guy, this guy said, used the word great to describe Redfall. The dude's full of shit. But here he is with a lot of subscribers. I don't know if he uses fucking super chats. I don't know. I don't watch his shit. But I'm pretty sure that he has super chats. How, how, you know, for me, I'm old school. I prefer not to have the popularity, but to be as truthful as possible. Some people don't want that. Some people will say, no, I'm telling the truth. No, you're not. <laughs> There's no way you can look at Redfall and be like, wow, this game is going to be great. No fucking way. So the only reason why I brought that up and I brought up these individuals was because when you have, and I know it's a corny comparison, but like Uncle Ben said, with power comes great responsibility. So when you have a platform and you're, you have a bunch of impressionable individuals watching your shit or listening, you should be responsible with that type of platform, with that type of voice, especially if you've been doing this for so long. People are looking to you for some honest information. But instead, you rather cater to the people who want to hear you tell them everything is great with, our, with the brand that you spent all this money on. Don't worry, guys. It's great. Game Pass is amazing. It's the future. Look how that turned out. <laughs> so when you have a platform, for me, I've had a platform for many years. I've always been the same guy. Some people, they play a role when it comes to social media. They become somebody they are not in real life because there's that anonymity. So they could be who the hell they want to be. And then there are some other people who are capable of creating a persona on Twitter and YouTube, stuff like that. And then they can shut it off once they turn off their phones or their computer. And they live a totally different life. There are people, not many. There are people who can do that. But, of course, with social media, you have, it's so much easier now to have your voice heard. You can create a persona and live by that. That could be you every fucking minute of the hour. Even when you turn off your computer or your phone, you're still that character that you created on social media or YouTube or whatever. And that's dangerous. Because when reality hits, they have no idea how to handle it. When I grew up in the Bronx, I've, I've said this story many a times, 
it was rough, even living amongst your family. You had people snapping on you all the time, testing you. If you were the weak link in the group, nobody wanted to be around you. You had to be strong. You had to learn how to take criticism, and you had to learn from it. And sometimes that criticism was coming from somebody who was doing way worse than you are. But somewhere along the line, they're seeing something about you that needs to be said. So you listen. And if you feel like they're full of shit, you let them finish. And then you start talking. Because there's nothing worse when you're trying to give advice to people and they start talking over you, thinking they know more than you. When in reality, they're not even letting you finish so they can understand what you're trying to say. So how can they know? How can they know what the hell you're going to say if you don't let them finish? And I kind of lost my train of thought. That's what happens when you have a freaking brain injury. But I saw these guys, they call themselves Iron Lords or some... Uh, let me not curse. I'm trying not to curse. And one of the hosts who has... Who's probably my age, right? 51 or something. Has as much white on his beard as I do. And he's doing this stupid speech. He has like a retard helmet on and sunglasses. Doing this spiel about holding the line and stuff like that. Unfunny shit. But then there's this other guy. Cracking up. Dying laughing. Saying, go ahead. Do your thing. And I'm like. Really? Like, <laughs> this is nothing but a damn circus act. Like, the guy's not even funny. And you got this guy dying laughing at every freaking word he's saying. And I critique the body of work. But I don't talk, you know, I don't say that the person laughing in real life is a dirtbag because I don't know that dude. He could be the coolest freaking guy and so can the host. Well, there was a few hosts, but the guy with the glasses and the, and the helmet and the, the white in his beard, those two individuals could be freaking awesome individuals that I, I would have a freaking friendship with. I wouldn't know that until I got to know them. But what I know about them is what they're putting out on YouTube and on social media. So when I make criticisms, it's based on what I see. Same shit when people critique me and I say obvious troll tweets to set people off and it's always somebody with under 10 followers in their Twitter, they're the ones who get the angriest. <laughs> it's the funniest shit. And it's like, yeah, you're predictable. So, yeah, I found that amusing this Lord stuff, Lord Pot, whatever the fuck they call themselves. But not in the, in, the, in the way that I thought it was funny. I just thought it was freaking cringeworthy and embarrassing. But these are the people that get the freaking attention. These are the people that will go to events, that will get, you know, the praise of Xbox executives, other Xbox content creators or influencers. This is the shit people want to see. And I will never fucking stoop to that level. I will never do that. 
it's either you like what you see because that's what you're getting in and out of the gaming community. And if you don't like it, then so be it. If you do, well, welcome aboard and thank you very much. It is what it is. That's life. I don't put on a clown show. I don't put on a persona. Now, people call me JVB in, in the real world to this day, but I haven't gone by JVB. I don't, you know, I still got that gamer tag on Xbox, but people still call me by my gamer tag in real life, just out of habit. But it doesn't mean that I go to a fucking GameStop and I say, hey, my name is blah, blah, blah. You know, give me a discount. I'm popular in the gaming community. No, I don't do that shit. <laughs> I could see some idiot like Tim Dog doing something like that. But some people, this is all they have. This is all they have. They have this clown show and this is their life because they get some popularity, they get some attention and they are lacking something in the real world. See, I'm not. I'm very fortunate that I have a family. I have a life. I have other hobbies away from my biggest hobby, my oldest hobby, which is video games. I have other hobbies. I don't sit on Twitter all fucking day trying to create a name for myself, trying to kiss up to people who have bigger numbers, bigger followers than me. No, I don't do that shit. <laughs> I don't do that shit. So, yeah, that, that, you know, when I make a statement like that, that I blame certain people for, you know, the downfall or, or, or where Microsoft is at, I mean it because I've seen it. And you don't do any good by blowing smoke up people's asses when you should be extinguishing that fucking fire because where there's smoke there's fire I know this is kind of stupid because I'm talking about a butthole on fire which is kinky and very unusual but you don't and I think I said this in a tweet right I said oh there's people who are you know big Xbox cheerleaders now they're showing their concern that's not real genuine concern that's grieving or something like that and I'm talking shit but I was I was telling the truth though you don't fucking worry about a brand like Xbox 10 years too late you start worrying when you start seeing the signs and then you tell the people who you should be telling hey listen Maybe you should, you should look at certain things and make some changes. It's not looking good. You don't do it when the, when the shit has hit the fan already and the shit is all over your walls. You fucking handle it before somebody puts that shit in their hand and before they throw it into the fan. So that's where I was in 2009. I was the one speaking up for the community, for the gaming community, for the Xbox community, for the Xbox brand. I was the one concerned and I was brave enough. I had the balls enough to go against the grain 
and speak my mind. Use my platform to try to make people aware. Lo and behold, here we are. And here's the Xbox brand exactly where I was afraid it was going to go. It's a struggling brand. Their exclusives have been very underwhelming. And I'm being kind when I say that. And, you know, every, look, every competition, every market, there's, uh, you know, there's the best, there's the second best, there's the third best, you know. Unfortunately, in our country, everything needs to have a number, right? Unfortunately, if you want to buy a house, how much money do you have in the bank? What's your credit score? What do you make a year? Everything has a fucking number, even, you know, your weight. How much do you weigh? <laughs> you weigh 350 pounds? That's not good. You weigh 180? Oh, that's nice. How much can you bench, right? Everything is judged by numbers. So everything in a consumer market is going to be judged by the best to the worst. So there could be a generation where Nintendo is considered the best console manufacturer or publisher or playstation could be number one or xbox it hasn't happened but things can happen right so if xbox is third like people like to put it or last place right that's okay because there's still a place for xbox there's still people who recognize the Xbox name because they got into it during the Halo era or they bought a 360 and they discovered Gears of War, Viva Piñata or Bioshock, Mass Effect. There were so many games that were introduced on the Xbox 360 first. So there are people who genuinely rather play an Xbox and they rather play their third-party titles on Xbox. So there's still a place for Xbox. And if it's third, you know, and I'm putting up quotes in the air, then that's okay. Because there are three console manufacturers or makers. And that means there's always going to be a battle for the top spot. If you only have two people fighting for one and two, there really is, especially if it's Nintendo and PlayStation. Nintendo and PlayStation appeal to two different markets. PlayStation and Xbox appeal to the same market. So if you have one missing, there's no need for the other brand to have a sense of urgency to get better or stay better than the competition. So me, I don't want to see Xbox leave like other people will proudly say on their social feeds or their content. I'm not like that. It's okay if it's quote-unquote third or last. What people want to see is an effort. They want to see the games that Xbox used to make. When I first saw fucking Gears of War, I couldn't believe it. I said, graphics are never going to get better than this. <laughs> I say that all the time when I see an impressive, visually impressive game, you know. But it feels good when you say that. When you say that about a video game, it feels fucking great. 
because you are seeing something you've never seen before. And that's freaking tough. And now, you know, nowadays with the technology and the graphics that are available for video games. But I'm going to say this with all honesty. The most impressive visual, visually, the most impressive video games have been on, on one console, and that's the PlayStation 5. It would be nice to see a freaking game that knocks everyone off their fucking chair on the Xbox side, where it tells, where, where I have that moment and I say, you know what? Now I'm going to get me a Series X. I've been waiting for two years. It looks like I'm going to be waiting another year or, or, or more. And that is not what I remember Xbox being. So excuse me if I know that there was a time period where Xbox was everywhere. It was popular. It was the console to get. There was a community, a thriving community of people that got along. They created content. Nobody was on this bullshit about, hey, I'm going to lie to my audience for Super Chats. So excuse me for wanting to see that back. But I will continue to create my content. People aren't going to like it, and that's okay. People will like it. And once again, thank you very much. But this is what you're going to get. Like it or not. So anyway, I'm JVB. You guys take care. I'll talk to you later.